Welcome to the Richard Sherman Podcast, brought to you by Super Draft Fantasy. Daily Fantasy is broken, and Super Draft has fixed it. Listeners can discover why with their first $5 Super Draft contest for free with the promo code PFF at registration. No credit card required. Download the Super Draft app and play today. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. Don't you ever talk about me. Picked off. It is Richard Sherman. It's picked off by Sherman. Now, buckle up. Here he goes. And it is intercepted by Richard Sherman. Broken up. Picked off. This game is over. All right. Welcome to the Richard Sherman Podcast. It's me and my guy, Mitch Eisenstein, the Mitchie Richie Connection, back at it again. Here to update you, talk about all these topics that's happened this week. It's been a wild week in sports. As again, another week of upsets in the National Football League. Uh, it's remarkable. Week in and week out, any given Sunday. It's not just a movie, baby. You talked about it last week with Rich. Any given Sunday. Doesn't matter to teams. Vegas might think one way, and then you see the Texans go and beat probably the hottest team in football. Like, week in, week out. No right. chalk in this league. It's no chalk. It's like every week you're like, hey, this is the new hottest team. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, and then bang, they get smacked by somebody they shouldn't lose to. And then you're like, hmm, who's good in this league? And then you you crown somebody else. But then you got to give it to Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy had a, had, a, had a very bad, he had a great first week, had a bad second week, and his third week was remarkable. He's looking like he did at Texas. He's starting to look like in year, what is this, 12? The player that they thought he would be coming out of the University of Texas. How crazy is that? I mean, the Cardinals have been able to tread water without their top two dogs. And it's, uh, yeah, like you said, it's remarkable. But it also goes to show how good that team truly is. You know, I mean, you think Kyler Murray's down. DeAndre Hopkins is down. This team's going down, and they knock off a division rival in a very tough game. It's. I mean, we talking about we talking about not just like treading water. He was thriving. I, I mean, he he might have thrown he thrown close to four hundred. Um, and I think you know what I think it is. I think it's that spread offense. I think it's similar to you know because they always say the the spread offense, the college spread offense wouldn't work in the league, and and that's what they run over there. And that's what he ran in Texas. That's what he thrived in in college. And nobody in the NFL would ever run that um, until now. And it's really cool to see. You know, I, I don't think this is going to lead to him getting a, a resurgence and, you know, a big deal next year and be somebody starting quarterback. But it's cool to see the guy playing at a high level and, and confident. And the team, again, he, they're really talented. He's shown he can provide a tremendous amount of value. And, you know, when you look at the Cardinals' depth chart, I mean, they have done a heck of a job in adding like supreme depth at skill positions. When they drafted Rondell Moore out of Purdue, he, you know, short guy, overlooked, but everyone's like, oh, Purdue. He had offers from all over the country coming out of high school. I mean, the kid was an absolute stud. And I mean, he broke the game open for Purdue against Ohio State, single-handedly beat Ohio State. And, you know, then they bring him in as essentially their fifth wide receiver option, a gadget guy who can do pretty much anything with the football you have him christian kirk aj green i mean you add zach Ertz. like once this team gets healthy they are going to be very very difficult to stop yeah i mean zach Ertz. you know you talk about taking off where you where you left off you know i mean he left philly usually it takes a few weeks to acclimate i want to say he caught a touchdown in his first game with the cardinals and i want to say he's either 
caught a touchdown every other game since, or he's been close to having a touchdown in every other game since. And that's crazy. You know, I mean, they had all these weapons. They had a good, good offense. I mean, Kyler Murray is, is all over the place. Uh, but then you take Kyler Murray out the equation, and he was playing MVP caliber football before before he got injured. And then you insert Colt McCoy, and they have not lost a step. That team is still winning ball games. And, but we're going to take it to the other side. We're going to take it to the NBA. My Los Angeles Lakers. Come on, baby. Y'all got to – Lakers. Like, Richard, never hard. You are the biggest Lakers slappy that I know. Uh, fun Jeez. fact about Richard, we were sitting – at the ESPYs, one of the first times we went to the ESPYs together, and I look over at Richard, and you know the cameras are all over the place. There, we're sitting second row, right behind Peyton Manning, and uh, I think Russell was there, a handful of other folks. Camera is consistently on us, and Richard's buried in his phone. I'm like, "What the heck are you doing, dude?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm watching a uh, Zaka Zubak uh, in you know the summer league." I'm like, "Well, the camera's on you right now, so you might want to look up." But Richard. What we saw the other night was LeBron James getting into a little bit of a scrap with uh, probably a guy you don't want to get in a scrap with and Isaiah Stewart. And I saw a great tweet today from Reggie Miller saying that Isaiah Stewart has solidifies himself as the new age Charles Oakley in this league. And right or wrong, he was pretty pissed off at LeBron after that moment. You're an emotional guy when you're on the playing field too at times. What would you do if you got smacked in the face and the eyebrows split open by somebody? Well, I wouldn't wait three minutes to respond. I definitely wouldn't do that. Um, you know, I mean, it was one of those moments, but it's, it's, it's one of those sports. You know, this is basketball. This isn't football. So it's, it's not one of those games you can do that. And Charles Oakley was great in Char Charles Oakley's era. And the Bad Boys Pistons era was great in the Bad Boy Pistons era. This is not that era anymore. They will not let you freaking like nudge anybody too hard in the league now. So for him to have that kind of response in this day and age, now that kind of response 25 years ago, they would have, he might not have even got kicked out the game. You know, he would have been rightfully so get his lick back. You know I mean? You've seen some crazy plays back in the day, but in this day and age with, with technology and, and, and the way they're calling defense and the way they're calling fouls and beyond that, I mean, you got to find a way. If you're going to get your lick back, you better get it back early. Like, you better get it back in response. Like, it better be reactionary. You right. can't wait that long. You know, that's the problem I had with it. You cannot wait two, three minutes. Oh, grab me. Hold me back. Because then it looks like one of those schoolyard fights where you didn't really want to fight until you realize everybody talking about you got knocked out. Like, after everybody's talking crazy to you and like, hey, you got, you got punched in the face. Like, Ew! you know, then you want to, now you want to be like, now you're embarrassed. And now your embarrassment turns to anger. And then he looked up on a jumbotron and saw a lot of blood. And it's like, bomb, rage. It's like, no, if you want to get your get back, bomb. He hit me, bomb. Got your back. Kick us both out. We even. But you lose the steam after people grab you. I, it brings a, I don't know, it, it, it brings a different identity to a struggling team of the Pistons. Uh, you know, obviously, like you said, I think it, you got to control your emotions. You got to respond right away. Obviously, you don't want to get physical because if he would have somehow escaped, you know, his entire team and got to the Lakers, Lord knows what would have happened. It probably been the same situation as happened to Ron Artest and and uh, Stephen Jackson years ago at the Malice at the Palace. You know, it, and now you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to get suspended for the rest of the season. You're a second-year player. You got to control your emotions, but. 
LeBron should know better. I mean, I know they were down in that game, but it's still the third quarter. Like you've been in this league for far too long to be petty like that and backhand some, you know, second year player who's known for his heart and hustle. That is all Isaiah Stewart is known for. He's a he's a skilled player, but he's a young player that's known for his heart and hustle. And LeBron chose to almost bully him and, and backhanded him and split his lip and eye open. Like veteran Richard, the veteran Richard Sherman would not do that. Maybe well, the I mean, second, third-year guy in I the did, league might do that. I don't I know if you would do guys that in now. Chicago in 2018. <laughs> so I mean, let's just Sometimes, sometimes you go a little bit off your rocker. I don't know, but uh, but I mean, it, he was wrong. He was wrong, and I'm and, and I'm sure he'll he'll sit there and admit he was wrong. He's 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 better than that. He's beyond that. But I mean, it happened. And and, and Isaiah Stewart would have been well within his rights to punch him back in his face as hard as he could. He would have been well within his rights. You are not within your rights when you just start bowling over innocent people and acting like you're about to get to this man. Because even if he gets through all those people, you still got all the Lakers. You are not about to get through DeAndre Jordan. You're not about that. You got you got about, about 30 people to get through before you ever get to LeBron James. If you get to LeBron James, you've probably killed half the stadium. Right. <laughs> right. I think that's a. I think you're gonna have uh, Los Angeles Lakers fans come around and on the floor to defend him before that happens. So right, he's too beloved. I mean, it's just like it's like Jordan back in the day. You know, I mean, it's different. But the NBA, like, not that he is the NBA, but he is the NBA. You know, I mean. At the end of the day, if if something happens to him, what if, if LeBron James gets a cut on his hand, it'd be headline news, front page of every newspaper. So here's my question for you with that statement, Richard. If the roles are reversed, right? If Isaiah Stewart was on the hitting end, splitting open LeBron James's eye, what do you think happens? He gets suspended just like he did. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, but how big of a ruckus would have been caused by LA? Like, would, would Isaiah Stewart be walking out of that stadium? It would be a lot of bull. Well, it wouldn't be because it was his home stadium. But he would get a lot of, a lot of. He would get a lot of stuff. But that's that's earned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, 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 you, I wish the world was even and everything was equal, and we could say, mm, Isaiah Stewart deserves equal treatment as LeBron James. But that ain't the world we live in. Like Isaiah I'm just, Stewart. I'm trying to give him that equal treatment as a Detroiter, right. Richard. You know, right. I, I feel you, Mitchell. <laughs> Look, when he becomes acclaimed like LeBron James, then when he splits somebody. It, I open, they'll want him to be innocent, just like they did LeBron. But yeah. back to the football games. <sighs> Michigan State, man, I believed in you. I believe. <laughs> Don't do me like that, Richard. That was uh, that was one of those games you go belly up to a bar, sit down, order yourself a nice IPA, look at the TV, and two minutes later say, "All right, I'm going to go back home." Because right. that's that's what I did. Um, right. That was that's one of those games you go back home and drink bleach. <laughs> story for a different <laughs> <day>. <laughs> I, Somebody but, said it best uh, on the radio. That's the Madden game you're playing with your friend, and you just unplug the console and say, "All right, let's plug it back in and restart." Unfortunately, right. you can't restart in football. Right. You, you you cut the internet cord and say, "Man, you know what, what game happened? that is, Richard? That is the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. The Aaron snap that is uh, safety first play of the game." Right. So right. you've been everything on the opposite that, side of that. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And but but let's talk about Stroud and his Heisman hopes while we're while we're in this space. Because everybody after that game were like, Heisman, 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 Heisman. Then Bryce Young plays and they're like, Heisman. Right. <laughs> Heisman. Right. Like it's such a it's such a uh what have you done for me lately kind of league? Like it's such a recency bias 
Like, whoever holds the pin last, whoever got the ball last, whoever's on the TV last is the favorite. Well, C.J. Stroud made me a believer. Uh, Michigan State's secondary is their biggest weakness by far. They've struggled all year with that. Um, C.J. Stroud has an absolute plethora of weapons. I mean, I'm telling you, Rich, I'm sitting here watching this game, thinking about this. They have a, a legitimate NFL offense. Like, from a skill position standpoint, there's no way you can tell me that the Ohio State Buckeyes do not have a better quarterback and top three receivers than the Detroit Lions have right now. There's no way. I, I can't say that. I can't say that. I'm not going to so, argue. And so, I mean, they've got Chris Olave, who's potentially a top 10 pick. They got the Smith Najigba. Uh, and then they have uh, uh, another kid that's another top uh, first round pick. Then you look at Alabama. I mean, Richard, these two teams, Ohio State, in my opinion, is for sure going to be in the college football playoff final. You know, I don't know whether it's going to be Georgia or Alabama, but Ohio State made me a firm believer after watching that game. If if they can somehow now 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 Jim Harbs has never beat the Ohio Your boy. the Ohio State University has never beat him. And if he can somehow muster up a career-saving defining Right. When Michigan could unseat Ohio State in those playoffs, and old sad Cincinnati that just gets treated like you know the bridesmaid, but never the bride. No matter what they do, they can go undefeated and may still be on the outside looking into the playoffs. It's just sad, but I hear what you're saying. But this is a very similar Ohio State team that Alabama took to the woodshed last year in the national championship so i want to believe i want to see i want to be like man this is a better team but i don't know if they're a better team than that team was and oh and bama took them to school well they're going to be going to the big house too and the big 10 east is on the line and michigan has yet to go you know to even appear in a conference championship game so there's a lot of emotions it's probably the best michigan team that they've had in the last decade um, Richard, are you going to be rocking the khakis in support of Jim Harbaugh on Saturday? I'm going to let you know something, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I do not hold your breath about me wearing khakis. Uh, I think that's going to be a good football game. I hope it's going to be a good football game. Ohio State may just uh, then blow the sh- socks off and just make it uh, not fun early. But um, I think it's going to be cool. I think it's cool in the National Football League. You're getting to see all this development. You're getting to see players that you haven't heard of, like become big household names. You know, you're hearing Austin Eckler's name every, you're hearing it every week, you know, making huge plays for the LA Chargers. Um, you're hearing about Justin Jefferson week in and week out. Every You're hearing about Kirk Cousins, you know. Kirk Cousins just want to shoot out with A-Rod. I mean, if yep. you said that a couple of weeks ago, people would have thought you were in an alternate universe. But I was just saying when Justin was on here, they never give Kirk enough credit. Kirk Cousins can play football at a high level. He makes mistakes and he, 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 he has his moments. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of, lot of games he makes sure his team is in because of his arm and his decision making. And that's really cool to see. Obviously, I'm ex- happy about my Tampa Bay Bucks. We're back in the you know win column. That was that was fun to be a part of. But your I boy, think- your boy Lenny was involved early and often as well. So that was good to see. Right, um, right, right. You know, Richard, another thing, I know it, like adding the 17th game was criticized quite a bit, you know, specifically by from the playing side of things. I know from the fan side of things, it's, you know, extra football. Who wouldn't want more football? But I think 
one of the best things that the NFL has done recently, and I'm interested to get your opinion on this, is adding the additional wildcard team. Because now you're looking at teams like the Eagles and the Vikings that are like playing really good football right now that are in the conversation to make the playoffs. You know, I, the, the competitiveness of these games that, you know, last year or two years ago, didn't seem to really matter, have become so much more attentive you know you watched big play slay who i know you and i had a conversation with a couple weeks ago he's uh, he's out there getting pick sixes you know returning fumbles left and right and all of a sudden the eagles go from you know getting booed out of philly to being right in the thick of the playoff race what do you think of adding the additional playoff team this year well, I didn't like it initially. I don't. I didn't like it because you punished the two seed. You punished the, the one and two seed that you know I used to be earned by. Man, you get to go by now. It's only one, um, but at least they're paying everybody for the buys and stuff like that. So that's cool. But I mean, like you said, it, it makes everything meaningful. I mean, go, going to to them, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, teams where the fan bases weren't even thinking about playoffs. They were sitting there like, "What was me?" Like. Man, like, who are we going to draft next year a couple weeks ago? And, and San Francisco gets hot. The Philadelphia Eagles get a boost from Big Play Slay all day. Pro Bowl vote at Big Play Slay. Come on, don't forget to vote for him. Um, but you get that you get that energy, and, and, and it really helps. I mean, on top of, like, fantasy football, it helps people stay tuned into these games. And, but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting when the playoffs come because if you get a few if you get a, a seven seed beating a two seed um, more than once you know what I mean then it, it then it becomes like how how meaningful is the is the regular season you know teams going thirteen and four and 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 you know fourteen and three et cetera et cetera and they're getting beat by by teams that are are eight and seven are eight and are are what is what are, what are the records now uh, right. Nine and eight. Ten, ten, right, nine and eight or ten and seven. Um and and so and, and home field advantage. Home field advantage doesn't mean nothing this year. And, you know, last I checked, the away teams have won more games than the home teams. And I don't know why that is. You know, I don't know what, what has changed um in that regard, but you know, teams are winning on the road and, and that's cool to see. So that mean, means something in the playoffs. These teams are gonna come into the playoffs and they're not gonna be, hey, home field advantage and, and man, we might not win it. I mean it, it was proven last year with Tampa Bay. Went through the the gauntlet of everybody and then won the Super Bowl at home somehow. Crazy. Yeah, that is uh, it is unbelievable. And I mean, who knows? You know, this year the Rams were every the people's team, I guess, and they've kind of fizzled of late. So maybe a team gets healthy and gets hot late in the season and knocks somebody off and goes on a little run. It, it's it opens things up, but certainly at least from a fan perspective, I think it makes these games more meaningful. So and I knows? wanted to sleep on them. I wanted to sleep on them, but do not sleep on the Belichicks. Oh. The New England Belichicks, they are number 1 in defense and defense wins championships. Like, I, I cannot stress it enough. J.C. Jackson is a ball hawk as he's ever been. Judon has been a revelation, probably one of the best. You know, they keep saying it, so I'm just piggybacking on everybody else, but one of the best free agent signings they've had in a long time. And everybody kind of criticized New England, and myself included, about all the money they were spending. Like, man, they never spend like this. Like, who are they getting? They're spending all this money on tight ends. Like, they don't have a big play receiver. You know what I mean? They, they got Nelson Aguilar and, and Kendrick Bourne. Like, is that enough? To, to get it done and and who's mac jones who's he gonna be can they really do it with a with a with a rookie quarterback and now they've won what six straight 
and now people are saying it like they're they're about to be the favorites and a lot is going to be determined this week when they go to play tennessee but i mean we're talking about a tennessee team that just lost to houston texans you right. know i mean so what do we really know but and defense I, wins championships richard i want to touch on the patriots and i want to move to the team you just mentioned in tennessee uh the patriots you're absolutely right it's kind of like they've clicked as a team mac jones is kind of entering that halfway point of being a rookie where he's no longer got the rookie jitters he looks super comfortable back there you know they're getting they're getting different receivers involved you never know who the guy is going to be for the week like you said they've got a ton of depth on the defensive side of the ball and they're always keeping the guys in in the games but their offense has been as explosive as well they're putting points on the board left and right so you know, if if they had to play the top dogs in the AFC right now, I would I would certainly pick them to win in a game on game, a single game matchup. But the question is, can they maintain that throughout the playoffs? And that's something that I guess remains and, to be and, seen. And I think they can because the formula that they're using is a formula that's it's no magic. You know, it's no no secret formula. They they got a good run game. They got a quarterback who's, who doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, very efficient with the football. They have a defense that makes huge plays, creates turnovers, stops the run. Like, that is a formula for success through and through. And that's what makes me feel like they're going to be a true competitor, just like uh, Tennessee. Tennessee is the same way. When they're winning these games, Tannehill isn't throw, turn, turning the ball over. They're, they're efficient. They're running the ball even without Derrick Henry. Defensively, they're getting huge plays. Their defensive line is playing fast. They're playing great man coverage, tight man coverage in the back end. Like, that's what you need to be competitive. That's why their game should be the game of the week. I don't know why they didn't flex that into the game of the week because it truly is going to be an exciting game. Well, the Titans, I was I personally was wondering when the fall off would happen. I mean, they they played great football after Derrick Henry went down. My question for you is, you know, when you lose a top dog like that, you guys experienced that last year. I mean, you guys came off the massive run. And as you has always said, health and availability in football is paramount. You guys stayed healthy two years ago in San Fran. You made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And then the year after that, the expectations were sky high. And, you know, Bosa goes out first couple weeks of the season. Then you lose Solomon Thomas. Then you lose, you know, player after player after player and it's just derrick henry goes down the team is riding high on emotions trying to overcome that loss knock out knock off a couple great games in a row and then you know lose to the texans do you think that the tennessee titans truly have what it takes without derrick henry to remain competitive and be a super bowl contender now people forget that that super bowl season we lost both of our tackles for for about seven weeks of the season you know, which is which is tough for a lot of teams to overcome. So it wasn't really a help. It's about it's about weathering that storm. And I think that's what Tennessee's doing. I mean, they're not going to get Derrick Henry back. It doesn't seem this season, but they're weathering the storm until they come up with a plan to. to I mean, which I mean, they just cut Adrian Peterson, so they must feel comfortable with the backs they have. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to like who can be healthy and get hot late. I mean, that's really all it comes down to and who can make plays down the stretch and it seems like so simple but now now with these extra playoff spots and not a bye week for the for the two seed you can find a, a team that that may be under 500 uh in these playoffs run into the super bowl and that'd be you know a first oh. richard we saw some epic 
running back play this week. One of that, one of those games with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it seems like every time I looked up at the TV, he was running into the end zone. Where do you categorize him in terms of the hierarchy of NFL running backs? Because it seems that he, you know, at least from a fantasy perspective, he wasn't considered a top-tier guy running into the season. The Colts kind of got out of the gates and struggled. And now all of a sudden, it's like Jonathan Taylor is the man. And the Colts have found a way to win. And they beat a great Bills team with ease. I mean, where would you put Jonathan Taylor in the list of running backs in the NFL right now? I mean, with King Henry down and not playing this season, I mean, he, he, you got to go with what, what you're seeing. You, you got to go with the eye test with this one. I mean, he's running the ball. He's breaking tackles. He's powerful. I mean, he looks the case. You can't forget about Nick Chubb in Cleveland, you know, one of the best backs in the National Football League. But he's right now he's playing the best. So you got to say it's him. You know, I mean, again, recency bias, but – He's making big play after big play after big play. I mean, it's not like he's getting 100 yards a game. I mean, he's going almost 200 yards a game, and he's getting it with huge chunk plays that are game-changing plays. And it's not like he's he's slowing down. It's like, hey, man, they, they stuffed him for two quarters, and then he had a few popped runs. It's like just about every quarter he has a huge explosive play. And, again, defensively, the, the Colts this season were, were one of the teams that everybody felt like was going to be a great team, especially the way they made a run in the playoffs last year. Their defense was playing unbelievable. Their offensive line was really sound, and people thought that Carson Wentz in this, in this Frank Wright system would be great. And, and, he, and he, he's starting to find his groove. Um, he, still, he still has to, to be more consistent, as always. But with the run game, we just talked about it. Good defense. A run game, like, and a quarterback who, who is efficient with the ball is a championship formula. Hopefully they don't have that championship formula this week because, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to come in there and get a W. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to go in there and stop him. I mean, thank God you guys got the win against the Giants. It seems like you guys are back on, on track. But stopping that run game is certainly going to be a task. Richard, you've played in a number of huge games throughout your career. Um, it seems like, you know, when you were first getting started and the Seahawks were on the rise to being Super Bowl contenders, there was game after game, memorable game against the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think right now is the best rivalry in football? Oh, that's a great question. Um, the best rivalry in football. Uh, I mean, for for the nostalgic people, it'll they'll they'll always go back to Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You know, that'll be the the one that you know still two very competitive teams in AFC, and they'll be playing meaningful football late in the season. Um, the NFC West is usually a dogfight, but right now it's a two man race between Arizona and and the Rams, so it's not it's not a crazy great rivalry going on there. Um, the NFC East doesn't really have one. Dallas is pretty much taking over that division right now. Um, I honestly can't think of one that's really that competitive between two teams that are going to be playing meaningful football um, late in the season. You know, I think I think quietly the the Raiders and, and the Kansas City Chiefs before the last game had been really competitive and really, you know, you, it, it can be anybody's game at any time. You know, you never know, knew how that one was going to go. Um, but I think, I mean, Tampa Bay and the Saints is a, is a rivalry um, that, that's going to be competitive and is going to be meaningful down the stretch. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the Saints came out on top in the last uh, battle. But 
honestly, there, there aren't a, a ton that you can say, man, that's that's a rivalry re game that that everybody's going to be, you know, circling on their calendars because it's not there aren't a ton right now. There aren't a ton of storylines in that way that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, somebody it, it's got to come from like a division foe. That's uh, it. You're right, because it seems like the Seattle 49ers rivalry of old, which was Dude, I mean, you guys were the top two teams in the league going at it time, like year after year for a good four-year stretch there. Interested to see when that comes back, you know? Right, so, I mean, it's, the league always comes back around. Yeah. Welcome to the Richard Sherman Podcast, brought to you by Superdraft Fantasy. If you're a real football fan, you know that Daily Fantasy is broken. Superdraft has fixed it with their new game, Super 15. Listeners get their first $5 game for free, no deposit required, with the code PFF at registration. You know the game. Pick your best five players off the grid with $15 in salary and let it ride. It takes less than a minute. Watch me pick a new lineup every week and see if you can beat my score. Download the Superdraft app and see if you can beat me to win cash prizes. Just use the code PFF at registration for your first $5 contest free. No credit card required to claim the offer. Offer only eligible for new accounts. Well, welcome to the Super Draft Super Mitch. Why are you laughing? That's enough. Dude, this That's is my enough. favorite, favorite part of this podcast. This is the part of this podcast where I just get to uh, humiliate Richard on a weekly basis at this point. It is the uh, Super 15 pick for this week, and I have won again. Go ahead, Richard. Lead us off with your thoughts. I just feel like you sabotaged me. Lamar Jackson didn't even play. It, all of a sudden, late scratch, Mitchell. Late Mitchell, scratch. I thought you had your inside sources, man. I have mine too, and you know what? That's why you got to just, you know, you got to know people in that's Baltimore. Not, that's not inside sources. That's cheating. That is cheating. Well, but, Richard, I'll let you I'll let you just lead us off again and, and you know, just try your best here. You wanna just now be I gotta blindfoldedly be pick them? Okay, all right, all right. Now you now you be a funny Mitchell. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna do this with you. I'm going to go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go all Josh Allen. See, but I feel like you just picked him and it worked for you. But when I pick him, it ain't gonna work for me. But no, I'm doing it. Okay. Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs, they need to work together in tandem. Cohesion. Cohesion. I like that word. It's a good word. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> Darren Waller. Like, come on, Raiders. Come on, the Raiders. You're playing on Thanksgiving. You know, do it for me. You know? Hunter Renfro. Like, I'm putting it all in, in on the Raiders. Kenyon Drake. The Raiders. Uh, that's it. Don't don't. I don't want to talk about it. I respect those choices, Rich. That is, uh, man, oh man, yeah, that that's insightful, and I think you might get the dub this week. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna counterbalance that. I'm gonna pick from the bottom up. I got a feeling about these guys. I'm going with Dawson Knox. He was injured, you know, for the last couple weeks. Had a decent game last week. I think it's time for him to get back to his te one resume situation Dawson Knox gets in the end zone this week one dollar steal then I'm gonna go up that board I'm gonna go back to TJ Hawkinson it's worked for me two weeks in a row he had a ho-hum game but 
He plays for my hometown, Detroit Lions, who are off to an epic start to the season, running on third and 14 with three minutes left, down three in the fourth quarter. I think they're going to throw it to him this time around. TJ Hawkinson. Working my way up to my $3 pick, I'm going to roll with Josh Jacobs. I think that he, you know, finds the end zone a couple times. I like watching the Dallas Cowboys second game, fresh off of eating your nice Thanksgiving dinner. My eyes are going to be on Josh Jacobs to get in the end zone. Moving it up, DeAndre Swift, $4 pick. DeAndre Swift's been the bright spot of the Detroit offense. I think he gets in the end zone again this week. He's going to cause Richard's Thanksgiving to be a not a good one. And finally, I'm going to go with, let's go Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott had a not a very good game last weekend. There was some people out, but... Let's hope he gets some of his stars back. I think that uh, Dak has got a legitimate shot to put up some big points this week. I'm going to roll with him as my $5 choice. Tune in every week to get Mitch's winning picks and lineups. That's what this has become. <laughs> thank you uh, for that, Mitchell. Uh, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so grateful for it every week. Uh, <laughs> well, tune in. Make sure you, if you haven't already, sign up for the Super Draft Super 15 on the initial sign up. If you use the promo code PFF, you get your first $5 game free. No credit card required, no strings attached. Come on, that's free money. Y'all gots to do it. So tune in next week. When I'm coming off of a dub, beating Mitchell, points are going to be great. Probably going to have 100 points. I mean, maybe a record, breaking a record. You know, likely. So tune in to, to hear my winning speech next week. I'm excited to hear it, Richard. I am. I don't feel like that's genuine. <laughs> Richard, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, you've had the pleasure of playing on Thanksgiving Day. Walk walk us through what that, that's like playing. It's not a pleasure. As, uh, playing on a holiday, like, like it's, it's almost <laughs> like the people that say, you know, when it's snow on the field, it's football weather. You know, this is perfect football weather. The only... And everybody was, there were people tweeting it, you know, black men and a couple other people. Like, the only people who say that are people who don't have to play in it or don't have to be in it. Like, yeah, a person who never played in negative 25 will never play in negative 25 and ever say that's perfect football weather again. They will never play in, in frozen tundra and be like, man, that's the perfect time to play football. You can't feel your feet. You can't feel your hands. And the fans somehow don't understand why you're not running as fast or catching the ball as well or moving as well. It's like, hey, well, I'm in the Arctic right now, and uh, my body's in survival mode while also trying to be a high-performing athlete. Um, but, I mean, it's, I, I guess in terms of nostalgia and, and, and the cool factor, I guess, you know, to do it once is cool. You know, I wouldn't want to be on the Dallas Cowboys or on Detroit Lions, you know, where you have to do it every year, and you always have to play on a holiday, and you know you're not going to get to go home and just enjoy your meal with your family and enjoy the the – the love and you know that you want to enjoy on those holidays um but well that probably explains the lion's demise none of the star players want to play on on thanksgiving every year it makes sense now i've been wondering my whole life rich but you just you made it all make sense i appreciate that come on now that's why they don't want to come mitchell it's not because it's in detroit you know it's not the coaching staff decisions or any of that or how they treat their superstars it's the thanksgiving games um and, and, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's Christmas as well, you know, because you, you play on Christmas, and it's like, people are like, well, you know, I, I, I got to plan my day around the game. And it's, uh, it's like, well, now we got to give our kids to Christmas 
you know, Santa Claus got to come a day early or a day late or, you know what I mean? Or you got to distract your kids away from things like that. And right. you're like, hey, I'm not going to be able to see my family on Christmas because I'm traveling because it was an away game. So now I'm traveling. So my wife has to do it without me. And now I got to try to FaceTime and see the excitement. And, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's different. It's the sacrifices. It's, it's the professions we chose. Um, but it, it's not all, you know, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Well, Richard, this has been a, a fun week. Um, Thanksgiving is a beautiful time of year, and uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. We're looking forward for you getting your health right and getting back on the field, and excited to see Buccaneers kick some ass this weekend. I'll let right, you sign us off. Pro, pro Bowl Jimmy Ward, Niner fans, faithful, get those votes in. Let Make sure he feels it this year. Nick Bosa, 10 sacks. 10 games into the season, a sack a year. Come on now. People thought he wasn't going to come back the same. See you, Nikki. Let's go. Make sure you get your Pro Bowl votes in for my teammates, the entire O-line, you know, Jensen, Cap, Allie, Tristan, and, of course, Donnie. Make sure you get touchdown Tom, the quarterback, Mike, Chris. Don't forget. And, 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 and don't forget Jay Whitehead. Jay Whitehead does never gets enough love. Uh, Devin White, Levante, the D-line. You know, you can't forget about Sue, JPP, Zach Barrett, Vita. Um, the corners are playing outstanding. Jamel Dean, don't forget about him. Bunts back. You know, all the love in the world. But I appreciate you guys checking in with me again. It's been great. It's been fun. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. We'll be back with you next week. Mitchie Richie Connection. Back at it again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Beat the traffic.